0: women who have survived unthinkable and unspeakable violence behind the closed doors of their own homes are speaking out more than ever before. This podcast is dedicated to sharing the stories and journeys of women survivors turned entrepreneurs and how they use their strength and tenacity to help other women move from surviving to thriving. Welcome to Flow Rising. This show contains adult topics and often contains triggering stories. Audience discretion is advised. Good morning. Welcome to this episode of Flow Rising. I am the host, Megan, and today I am joined by my guest, Jen, and we're going to talk all about healing from trauma as we always do on this show. But before we get to the healing part, I always love having my guests introduce where we are today because as thrivers, that's the most important part of our healing journey is where we are in the present in this moment. So Jen, thank you for joining me in this morning's conversation.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Um, my name is Jen Ushold and it has been a journey and i am in such a good place today and i'm realizing with everything i've come through that truly the grass is greener we often think (laughs) it's not greener on the other side however when we take the time to become aware and do the work yes the grass is absolutely green and fresh and glorious over here and i am a physical therapist uh i've been a pt for Wow, uh, 32 years. And out of that, I grew a love for just a very holistic approach. I started doing health and wellness coaching and it was a beautiful seamless integration. And I've done a deep dive into learning about pain and pain neuroscience education and helping people with chronic pain. And fun little fact to introduce is that all pain has both a physical and an emotional component. So whether we're dealing with physical trauma or any other type of trauma, um, all pain is real. And out of that, just a different place in the continuum is how do we use lifestyle medicine? How do we use our lifestyle choices and behaviors to enhance our health, improve our function, decrease our pain experiences? And then most recently, I have put all of that together as i'm working in the field of mental fitness and positive intelligence and i had a very challenging divorce and out of that came the creation of two online courses to help people navigate divorce mediation and divorce from a very holistic perspective and relying on yourselves in your inherent capacity rather than everyone else
0: oh yeah it's huge i think i think that i haphazardly got through my difficult, what could have been a difficult divorce because I decided to go, Nope. What I know and what I, I can get through this without everybody's input on, you know, the family's input was this and that. And yeah, so it is, it's interesting how that tapping to that intuitive self, especially in those difficult moments, whether it be, you know, divorce or raising teenagers, that's my difficult moment right now. (laughs)
1: whatever that may be. I had two. I only have one left.
0: (laughs) Minor. um, I shared with you before, I'm getting ready to get married. So we're blending households. So he has a 14 year old boy and I have a 14 year old boy. So we're doing, and of course they're very different people. And yeah. So, but I was, I want to talk about what you were talking about, uh, you know, as, as you go through that healing space of finding that, Mental, physical, because that for me was such a huge awakening. Um, I can remember uh, a year, six months ago, I used to draw a line across and be like, "This part of me says one thing, the rest of me says another thing," and I feel disconnected. And someone finally said it out loud. It was like, "Oh, of course that makes so much sense. All my pain is is emotional." This morning I woke up with back pain, and I go, "What are you holding on to?" You know, and now I just intuitively go. Oh, nope, there's some emo yes, there's physical pain, but there's also emotional pain. Yeah. Um, so share with us as you in your personal experiences, like as you started difficult divorce, you know, awakening childhood traumas, how were you becoming aware of that, you know, when you early on realized, oh, physical pain is is also mental emotional? How'd that show up for you?
1: Yes. So professionally looking at pain, we need to get, we really need to dive into the person's story. And so I had that experience, so I was able to dive into my story. And with that knowledge, I was able to very quickly realize that so much of what I'm experiencing was not due to physical trauma or an injury or a surgery. And so I feel very grateful that I had that in my back pocket. And I also worked with um, an excellent counselor who really just kind of opened my eyes. And I liked how you had this description of, Oh, here and here, and now we're learning more and more about the brain. So we also have a here left side and here right side. And so for the most part, all of our negative emotions live (laughs) on our left side and we can very consciously create a shift where we're functioning on our right side. And so learning these tools and understanding them better and better has truly helped me get through this. And maybe the most significant example of success was not too long ago, I was in a support group meeting and I kind of was the target of a witch hunt. I've never been the target of a witch hunt in my life. It was very bizarre and lots of supportive people on this group. And in fact, the meeting ended at 7.30 and at nine o'clock there's a knock on my door. And I'm like, what's going on here? Five of these people showed up to support me. Some came from 40, 45 minutes away because they saw how horrendous this meeting was. And it wasn't until talking to them that I realized how intensely I was being attacked. Because I was able to use this new skill set and I was able to use it while it was going on. And it was really enlightening to be able to say, I was grounded in present in that very hard conversation. I wasn't getting hijacked. I wasn't crying. I wasn't going into a corner, which is what I used to do. And a couple of people were like, What are you doing? And I want to learn how to do that. So that that is a powerful example of modeling the work I've done.
0: Yeah, well, and I think that's an important piece to talk about. You know, I'm, I'm still fairly near to my traumatic experiences because I'm four years out of the marriage that I um, left, and as I started healing from that, then I uncovered all of my childhood traumas, and that was that was that. And we talk about the onion, you know, as you're healing, there's always just there's another layer, there's another layer. Um, you know, healing is that journey that never ends, but to be able to find. Yeah, because my my current partner would trigger me. You know, you get like you said, backed in a corner. I would get, um, I'd lose my voice. Literally, words yeah, yeah. here, words are happening wouldn't come out my mouth. And I'm, obviously, <laughs> I am not a person that struggles with words when I'm not triggered and those types of things. Right. Um, but to be able to find that, oh wait, okay, I can come back to it. I can, you know, for me, it's it's a lot of help externally right now. But I'm learning. Nope. Yeah. I can still be in a difficult situation and I'm I'm feeling it all. Oh, I I'm recognizing I'm triggered and we don't have to lose our voice and we don't have to get up, you know? Um, and so for you, I, it sounds like that was a really empowering moment for you to just like recognize.
1: That was a very Um, empowering moment. Yeah. And even prior, so that's the work of mental fitness. And even prior to that, like I did a full 180 shift in my preparation cause I had two mediations that failed pretty pretty miserably. And then we're doing one more try. In Virginia, we do something called retired judge mediation. So it's two lawyers, the two of us, and then a retired judge. And so I did so much prep and I surrounded myself only with things that were gonna help me. I've got 20 mantras on my bathroom mirror. I mean, everything. and three days before a bunch of us had actually met for coffee and somebody's like, you can't mediate with that personality. And I was just like, mm. and I just politely got up. I'm like, Hey, I got to go. And so I left. I'm like, nobody's messed with my mojo. Cause I am ready. I literally woke up that day, not petrified. I woke up excited. It was astounding even to myself. And I did not lose it Um, I appropriately got emotional talking about things with my kids and some other hard things, but I was able to be present and grounded that entire day. And so I know this stuff works and I've taught it for decades to truly experience it in these powerful ways makes me want to help empower other people because we Mm -hmm. have it. We don't believe it. It's in there. Even our belief it's in there. And it's a matter of giving people a crack of hope, a crack of light, and then busting it over. Yeah.
0: No, I, I totally agree. I always say that, uh, I shared this before. I'm like, I learn more from my podcast guests, you know, in the ways that, and it's just those little things. That's why I, you know, I'm ch- changing the tone of the show into this healing space of this is how you actually move forward. Because I can remember for, so I got divorced in 2020. Okay. Great time to get divorced and be all by yourself and have no access to care, no access to help. And so I mean, you know, literally, I'm I'm I was surrounding myself by my toxic family because that was that who strangers aren't gonna surround yourself in that time. So but it was little things like that. Like I would, I would see something on Facebook, just a little clip, a little meme, a little something. And I started you know compiling, like you said, the, the mantras on the mirror, I mine were on my phone, and I would just just little tiny things that were just like, okay. And what I found was, and, and as, as I've stepped into this role as, a, as the host here even more is that survivors are strong like you you have all you, you actually survived, and that's the strength like you you, you, you were the strong one. The the abuser was, and I hate to use the term weak because I'm actually stepping into the, how can I bring love to that situation? And, And human love for that human, even though what they did was atrocious and who they are. But how can I find compassion for that? I understand the pain. I had pain, but I didn't choose to show up that way. And that's, but finding that compassion and that love and going, okay. Hmm. I actually have the strength to keep going. Like I didn't choose to delve into that side. Like, you know, it's yeah. funny how I realized I'm pointing to the right side of my head because this is where the good emotions are. And we actually I physically do it. That
1: you, love <laughs> yep. that you did that intuitively. Yep. That's. Um, yeah. oh, sorry. No, go ahead. That's part of the exciting part of this mental fitness work is the ability for me to have compassion is so much easier because we briefly separated into like, we have these 10 saboteurs, there's 10 characters that are trying to sabotage us on that left side. And then we all have these five sage powers. And the one that you're talking about is empathy, but also exploring, innovating, navigating, and then activating. And within that ability to recognize when I would crumble, when I would lose, when I would lose my voice or you would lose your voice, that's not us. That is not our true essence being. These are these characters sabotaging us. And so in my work of trying to find compassion for him, just like you, I am trying to visualize that compassionate part, that sage part, and realize that he's, he's so overrun by his saboteurs that there are days where it really makes me sad. Now there are also days and I tried to do it too soon in the process. And so I tried to do that and I just ended up losing it. And the reality is maybe at that time I was ready to bench press 20 pounds, but I was trying to bench press 300 pounds. And so part of this journey too, is it's okay. If you're not ready for what your friend or neighbor or co-support friend is ready for, you're ready for what you're ready for. And then in my PT world, my pain world, my divorce world, we nudge. My favorite word mm-hmm. is we nudge. Go a little into the discomfort and come back to safety. Yeah,
0: I share this story frequently, but it really, really is that I baby steps one at a time. Like I, I, I talk about this, but my family and I were in Jamaica, my current family, my new family and I, and we were, we were hiking through a waterfall. I mean, gorgeous, beautiful. You know, you start at the the ocean, you go 90 feet up and you're literally, it's, it's not straight up. It's like this nice flat waterfall, you know, and the guide walks you through. And as we get started, panic attack. Mm -hmm. Hello, drama. Why? I don't know. And I look back on it and I think it's because of this. It's, it forced me. Okay. There was, there was, there was no out. I'm in a situation where it's, there's no out. You go up, or you go back. If I went back, everybody, the whole group had to go back because the guide went had to taken us down. And I'm like, I'm not ruining this for everybody else. Hmm. And everybody, I mean, my kids knew, I mean, I was snappy and grumpy and everybody knew that I wasn't okay. But I was like, and I did, I told my partner, I said, you get the kids, I got me. And I focused my world onto my feet. That was it. Yeah. Hyper-focused. It just one foot at a time. And I use this analogy and it's so interesting how, and even as I, every time I tell the story, I'm like, it is the analogy for how we actually get through. What? Hey, I was, I was absolutely angry in that moment. It was okay to say, why am I, why are you doing this right now? We can't even enjoy the beauty that we're in because this is what you're going to do. Hey, it's okay. And that, that accepting of what you just said, not every day is going to be great. You're going to wake up some days and you are just going to be, pissed at what happened to you be pissed let yourself because the more we that was i think that's part of being in that survivor mode was we held on and that's where that physical pain comes from you know and you could probably talk to that more than i can but we actually physically held on to those emotions and that was what did the damage to ourselves yeah versus you know oh i'm angry today okay and then i let that be and i let that feel and then i'm not so angry anymore so yeah, True. being in the moment. Yeah,
1: I'm also I'm also learning how we can take very active steps to end that sabotage more quickly. And in pain, we like to use the example of you know pain happens very quickly because pain is protection and it's mm-hmm. information. You put your hand on a hot stove, you're really glad that you felt that pain so you can take your hand off. And we say the same thing about negative emotions. Negative emotions are good. They are good for us. Anger, resentment, whatever it is. But again, it's like putting your hand on a hot stove. We need that negative, negative emotion, whether it's anger or disappointment so that we can choose something different, but we don't have to keep our hand on the hot stove while we choose something different. And so Mm -hmm. that's something I still wrestle with because sometimes Mm -hmm. I can be in a hijacked mode and literally be thinking, okay, just do my my brain exercise just do these sure. and i'm like no but it's good for me to stay here no it's not those are just the lies of those yep. left-sided characters and so i'm getting better at intentionally pulling myself out rather mm-hmm. than telling myself lies by these other characters that oh i should stay there so it's different because we spend <laughs> a lot of time encourage encouraging people to sit in their negative feelings and i'm now learning that actually just facilitates more negative feelings when mm-hmm. we do have the ability to create a different shift and that's yeah. not saying it's easy believe me i am not saying this is easy <laughs> <laughs> if if this
0: work were easy everyone would do it including those who abused us yeah our abusers would be doing the work and, and abuse would go away this is yeah. not and I, we say that a lot this is not the easy work but we are choosing to do the work because you like i understand i believe most of my guests get this when i say this me healing me heals my kids, heals my parents, heals my abuser. It allows the healing to go out from me and put that back into the world and say, "This is this is possible as well." Instead of me just, you know, like you said, sitting in those negative emotions, you right. know, feeling them but not staying there. It's interesting. I do. Um, I'm currently working with my my therapist with IFS therapy. Yes, which is a lot about mm-hmm. and for those who don't know, it's it's integrated uh, family systems. I was like, I have to always remember what it's called. I believe that's what it is. But it talks about those saboteurs. They they use the term protectors, but that's yes. really what they become. Yes, when you're in that traumatized state, they really actually are there to protect you. But you talk to them and you visualize them, and it's so interesting to me how a lot of you know, my the, my my angry protector. It, it's my teenage self. And so I visualize who I am visually and I talk to that person. So when I'm in a triggered state, if I'm, if I'm alone, I'll talk out loud. If I'm not alone, sometimes I'll just do it in my head because I'm like, yeah, I sound kind of crazy. We're talking to ourselves, but it's healthy and do that where it's like, what do you need right now? I I hear you. I, I appreciate that you are showing up to say something to me. I feel the anger. So I feel that you're present. What do you need so we can move through this and you can have rest? How can I help you rest and love on that piece of me and stuff? Because I think what we do often is we butt up against that side of us and go, go away. That actually makes it worse. Right. Like ignoring that just right. makes it a lot worse. Okay. You've said so much cool stuff in
1: there. Can <laughs> I stand on that and integrate yeah, like absolutely. mental fitness? Uh, yeah. Yes my clients will tell me, cause I want them to have mantras. We have different mantras. They make up their own mantras. And sometimes they'll be like, well, I'm telling myself that I don't have pain. And I'm like, don't lie to your poor nervous system because you know you have pain. Like there is no fake pain. We have never ever scanned fake pain. And so I think that's important to recognize that what you feel is real. However, it may not present a real danger. So if we go to, you had mentioned that these protectors are here, and they're helpful. When you put your hand on a hot stove, that is helpful. However, our system can get overly sensitized. So if our baseline is here and the threshold for the alarm is here, we may be living up here. So there's so little room before the trip, the switch. And I'm guessing that you can recognize that you were indeed safe at that waterfall. However, your system was so sensitized that there was no wiggle room for your brain to process what was going on. And a really good example I like to use is if you have an alarm on your house, you want that alarm to go off if a brick goes through the window. Yep. And so, but if somebody messes with the sensitivity the alarm and the alarm goes off when a leaf hits your window, is your house okay? Yeah. Yes, your house is okay. So then I ask them, can your body be okay? Even if you feel pain because that nervous system alarm is too sensitive, and then the work becomes, how do we chill out your nervous system? And it's not surgery, meds, et cetera. It is really diving deeper into that particular person. And it's the same with the mental fitness, is that yes, negative emotions are there to give us information and protect us, and we don't need to stay there for days, weeks, months, or years. And that's what we do. We don't intend Mm -hmm. to, that's what we do.
0: No. And and I think in some regards, you know, again, especially if you're still in the situation or really close to the situation, or even sometimes co-parenting with the situation. And let's, let's be honest. I, I feel I'm fortunate. My son's bio dad decided victim mode. Let's just leave. And I don't want anything to do with it. Wow. My stepson's mother, not that like, Oh, we're going to stay in the fight. And that, like you're co-parenting with with the crazy, with the chaos, with I divorced this and it's still here because we're co-parenting. And I know people who, you know, I mean, co-parent from infant, they have to co-parent for 18. And I was married to my ex for 18 years, left when my kiddo was 10 and it was like a year and then he was gone. And I'm like, oh, I feel so blessed for that. Yeah. But now I, I'm watching my my husband go through this co-parenting. And, and I actually have to, you know, co- I'm stepmom. I have to kind of co-parent with it. And it's like, exactly, yeah. oh my gosh, this is so triggering for me. This is everything I grew up with. This is everything I lived with. This is everything I used to choose. But finding ways to just, like you said, how can I heal my nervous system so that I'm not, you know, and, you know, for, for us, part of it was electronic only communication. So I can separate, feel the emotions without the human present, no verbal, just, and then separate and go, okay, give me a minute. And, and that was how we found some success. Um, but yeah, co-parenting is really, really a challenge.
1: (laughs) The stuff with kids is what really, really gets me because they are just innocent victims. And, you know, my kids were older. They Mm -hmm. are almost 23, 20, and 16 now. And the divorce was just finalized in December. So they were just, you know, two years younger. And it's, I don't care. I've had conversations with people. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. It is hard. And. They truly are innocent. I don't want to use the word victim. They are innocent bystanders to this ridiculousness. And so (laughs) that is hard. Have you heard of the book um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle? Oh, yeah. (gasps) I haven't read it, but I'm I'm familiar with the book. I wrote down a whole page of quotes because some of her quotes are so incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And a lot is about the kids. Like We tend to stay longer than is ideal, thinking it's best for our kids. And now it is so clear to me that the toxicity that was here was harming my kids. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know. I did the best I could. Here I am on the other side Mm -hmm. and the grass is really green.
0: (laughs) It really is. And I think the beautiful thing, what I'm witnessing with my son, like I said, we're four, it'll be four years in August that we were able to finally separate ourselves from my ex and uh, watching his growth. I mean, We've gotten, yes, he has his own therapist. That was huge. He's doing EMDR, which is huge. Yes. You know, doing those type of neurofeedback therapies. Again, doesn't matter the age of the child, whether they're little bitty and you do play therapy or they're older and they do talk therapy, exactly. but watching him, like, again, he's witnessing me healing, which is putting him in new situations and then watching him, the growth that he's gone through. You know, and of course he's a 14 year old boy. So there's all the teenage stuff and all the hormones and all of that stuff. That's (laughs) everyone warns me. Oh, you're going to love this. I'm like, "Uh, okay, we'll be glad (laughs) when we get through it. But that being said is owning, like there's been times when he has screamed and yelled at me. And instead of fighting back, I say, yes, I put you in that situation and I'm sorry. I stayed. I'm sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to go. And that harmed you. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And owning that, um, has been really healing for the two of us. Cause I was his protector in that family unit, you know, keeping him from dad, taking the, you know, taking the abuse to myself so that he could, you know, you go to your room and I'll deal with dad. Um, and that didn't mean he didn't witness it. That didn't mean he didn't know what was going on. That didn't mean any of that. They are they are sponges. They know their environment, even if they're in the other room. I mean,
1: they, it's, they still know what's going know. on. Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely. know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so but finding he that healing. Yeah. 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 And, I and, I and that's,
0: that. that's a lot of, a lot of what I, you know, like I said, when, when he comes at me as, especially as he's going through EMDR and there's, there's this whole year of his life that I, I know he will unlock mm. and I'm tempted to just be like, let me tell you what happened that year but I know it's blocked in his brain. And if I try and force that, I'm actually going to retraumatize him. And so I'm just letting the therapy and I know he'll get there. And I know that he will probably have some not nice things to say. And that's okay. I'm, I'm like, Nope, that's going to be a healing time when you're ready and letting him get there instead of trying to force my healing on him has been I, big.
1: I realize I don't know you well, you are a tremendous <sighs> gift to your son. I'm just going to put that <sighs> out there. Thank you. And I love so much of what you're saying about, you know, let it's his journey. Like that was really Mm -hmm. hard for me to latch on to is that I can't save them from this, even though that's what I tried to do for decades. Mm -hmm. And also this idea of you are intentionally creating a healing contagion and a positivity contagion, even with your, um, with this podcast. And we all walk into a room and we can see and feel somebody that's angry. So we can either, contribute we can put fuel on that fire or we can try and shift them even if we shift them by like two percent that's better than us diving right into it and that really sounds like what you're doing with your son and so yeah i applaud you and commend you and oh, i think it's awesome i
0: i often I, I often say i don't really take credit for who he is as a as a entity as a being um, except for the fact that he chose me to be his mom so there's something to that, that we're doing this together. Maybe
1: it's a co creation because um, he wouldn't yeah. be doing all this healing if he didn't have you alongside of him to guide yeah. and respect where he is.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, that actually, it's, it's interesting for me that in some regards watching, witnessing his healing, it helps me, but and sometimes it also makes me sad. And I do, I, I get sad because I'm like, oh. And I try, you know, but again, those moments where we said, it's like, let yourself think it, let yourself feel it, move through it, let it go. Where I'm like, gosh, if I'd left when he was an infant, but then I think, yeah, but if I'd left when he was an infant, would I have, would we be where we are here in this relationship with my new partner?
1: Right. So there are some gifts or opportunities that came out. You did the best you could with the information you had. Mm -hmm. And it was a cruddy situation. And now you're, you're able to see that there were gifts that came out of it versus getting stuck in the resentment, which is hard Mm -hmm. too, because I I think we cycle (laughs) through almost all of these things, but the challenge is what are the active steps we're taking and active can be emotional, physical, financial health, whatever, to get out of it more quickly because Mm -hmm. the more quickly we shift the more quickly we identify, the more quickly we get these things to resolve. Then we are using that positive right side of our brain rather than getting stuck in the left side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and
0: I always point this out too, you know, when you're, when you're (laughs) stuck, when
1: you're, when you're mire,
0: you know, stuck in the mire, and you're just kind of like, and you're taking, Oh, one little hard step and one little hard step. There is a moment when you look back and this is, this is happening to me recently. um, When I look back and go, wow wow i have really grown lots has really changed and you do you have those noticing moments and then the next day you wake up and you feel like i'm stuck all back in it again and that's just part of that movement journey i think that that's that we don't a lot of people think that oh okay healing you know i i thought this in the beginning we're just gonna buckle down and do this. And I'm going to get there and everything's going to be great. And that's not how it works.
1: No. And it works differently for everyone. And, nope. you know, instead of being in that dark place, 98% of the time, you know, you get to 95% of the time and you keep, and then eventually you flipped it. Now you're in the dark, mm-hmm. you're in the positive place 52% of the time. And so it happens a little bit. My favorite word again, nudge is one of my favorite words. Nudge.
0: I love that. I love that term where it's just like, uh, you know, and and I do sometimes. I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll do it with, with stuff around the house because I'm actually a stay at home human being now, which is a huge blessing. Nice. My partner's like, your job is to heal right now, and I'm like, where'd you come from? I know. Like, I sometimes I feel I feel guilty about it, and then I'm like, hmm. But I say nudge, move the needle. Like, yes, oh, I have ten exactly. things to do today emotionally. Oh, I've got ten things. I have all these things that I really want to to. What's okay. How can I move the needle here, here, here. And just, I I love that. Just nudge it a little. Yeah. Because every little thing that you nudge or move through is actually a really big step to, you know,
1: sometimes just turning around, like, you know, if we're heading down that dark path of drinking more or smoking or whatever other poor adaptive behaviors, sometimes just turning and facing the other direction can be a huge leap of progress. Oh, Huge.
0: Yeah. My, my therapist says that all the time. Cause you know, when I get in trauma mode, you know, there's fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And you're like, okay, so my tendency is to fawn. Okay. So we're not going to do that one. So, Oh, oh, now I'm freezing. And sometimes she goes, okay, so just do the exact opposite. Hmm. And I'm like, or yeah, like, especially if it's like, no, I want to run. I want, I just absolutely want to flee. I just, I, I, my whole body is saying, get out of it. And she goes, okay, so do the opposite, stay. And it's like, oh, okay, that doesn't feel comfortable, but we're gonna try that one. And it's funny how when you actually just, and it sometimes feels like forcing at first, and then you're like, oh, oh no, I'm choosing to stay. Oh, I'm staying because this is safe. Oh, oh no, I'm okay, no, I'm, I'm actually don't need to run from this situation. Like you said, that alarm bell's going off, but there's no tigers in the room.
1: That's a beautiful reframe. I love that. Yeah, Never heard that of the fight, flight, free, spawn of just choose the opposite. However, we need mm-hmm. to be aware enough like that we're there, right? Because I, I can yeah. now recognize how many times I was in one of those four states yeah. and I couldn't even realize it. Yep. So the first step is, you know, awareness, understanding. Uh-huh. So, can we, can we identify it? That's okay. Even if you can't do anything yep. about it, you're identifying it and that's going to start the shift. Yeah. yeah. I really like I, that.
0: I have three words that have really just strongly just been in my, my presence for, for a couple of years now. And it's awareness. That's, and they're not steps like in order. They're just, yeah. you kind of play with the three of them, but it's awareness, choice, and change. Yes. Without awareness, you can't make a choice. And without a choice, you can't make a change. And sometimes when you change, you become aware of something new. And it's just sort of that you those three things are kind of the interplay for me when I'm like, oh, Okay. I'm aware of something now. Yeah. Do I have to make a choice? Nope. Do I have, nope. We could just sit in the awareness and that's okay. And sometimes that's where I'm at. Sometimes I'm like, oh, there's so many choices. Oh, that's kind of, oh, that's a lot of juggling. Okay. Well, pick one. <laughs> Is it yeah. the
1: right one? I don't know, but pick it. Just right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be drawn yeah. probably to what you need most, as long as you're not like going to alcohol. Um, so <laughs> yeah, sure. is I have uh, PCR preparation, choice, and repetition, and so preparation and awareness they probably kind of go together. Yep, then there are so many ways that people can get themselves to where they want to be that cost nothing, and all yep. is just the awareness and internal work. And then it's the <laughs> reps, mm-hmm. we don't get we can't get good at anything without reps, whether it's cooking or running a marathon or healing from this journey. You can't, it's, it's not a part-time job. It's not a part-time job. No,
0: it isn't. And I think that that's the thing is a lot of times people, like I said, I feel super blessed that I am in a physical situation in life where it's like, I don't, I don't have to hold down the fort. Like I used to, you know, my previous marriage, it was every single thing was mine to do. Yeah. That was the human being I chose to tie myself to. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, I'm in, in a true partnership where it's like, no, you actually, and you know, my partner talks a lot about you have value. And I'm, I was so ingrained from my childhood that your value as a woman is you have to be super woman. You have to have a job. You have to be Pinterest mom. You have to do it all. And you're required to forget yourself in the process because that's what required of you. And nobody, nobody's going to ask you how you are. And that's okay. Like that, this, like, some of it's societal. A lot of it was just the women that were around me as I was raised that it's like, that's unhealthy. That, that's really kind of a psychotic way of thinking that I'm unimportant and we're just gonna, and that's where we all got in our trauma states. It's like, no, now I'm just like you said, it's a
1: full-time job every day. Huh, I was talk to today? one of my kids and uh, he was uptight about grades. And I was like, you know, your value and your worth has nothing to do with your grades. It has nothing to do with your job. It has nothing to, and he's like, well, then what is my value based on mom? I was like, you exist. Your value and your deservedness of unconditional love is because you exist. It's not often, he is silent, but <laughs> he was silent. And I was like, okay, so maybe there was a little nudge there so that he can be a little kinder to himself, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Those, that seed planting that we do with our kids. Like, um, yeah. And, and even my partner was said the
1: same thing. He's like, your value
0: has nothing to do with the things that you do. And I can remember him saying that to me a couple, two years ago. And I was like, what do you mean? And I would get so mad. I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course my value is what I do. Like if I'm not doing, and then I, I would like force myself. Okay. Do nothing. Like I would have days where it was so hard, so hard, like the only things you can do today are sleep, eat, rest, maybe walk outside. There's You can't even go, like no exercise, like just let your nervous system be so hard. It's so, so funny. Everyone's like sitting around was hard. I'm like, yeah, because I didn't let myself be distracted with the electronics. Right. No TV, not, you know, you talk about smoking and drinking. Nope, we don't, we're not going to allow those. Yeah. And those days were really, really challenging to be like, who am I? What am I? Am I valuable today? Did I do anything? Don't have to do anything.
1: You're here. It's very interesting listening to you because it is almost as if, so you're you're more in the protector IFS mm-hmm. model and I'm more in the seven yeah. form. I was like, I yep. hear them. I hear your characters. I hear your protectors. They're going nuts or they were going mm-hmm. nuts on you. And none of that is you. And now you know mm-hmm. that. It's a hard thing to help people understand and help them get out of, however, yeah. the more we hear it, the more we expose ourselves to it, then it starts to become get a little more curious, try it, yep,
0: yeah, yeah, and it's just a little like you you said, nudge it, just a little tiny thing. it doesn't have to be you know we talk about getting an action, an action isn't a big grand gesture all of the time, sometimes an action you know is. What do you need? You know, I'll ask myself, what do you need right now? And it's, I could really just use a cup of tea. Okay. Cup of tea it is. And just something little. That's like, oh, that's me taking care of me. Oh, that's what that looks like. And because we talk about self-love and we talk about taking care of ourselves and we think, oh, the way I take care of everyone else is what it is for me. And it's like, well, yes, but sometimes it's not because then that feels too selfish or too self-centered. And it's like, oh no, make yourself something to eat. Go take a walk, go those little tiny things that are like, Oh no, that actually, that's the self-love, that little tiny thing that adds up over time. And like you said, the repetition,
1: the repetition, all about the repetition. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a client and she, she had dealt with pain for literally decades and decades and decades. And she asked me what she wanted to do this one particular exercise. She's like, but everybody says you have to do three sets of 10. And I said, can you do one? She's like, one. I'm like, yeah, can you do one? She's like, well, of course I can do one. I'm like, okay, cool. So she did one. And then within a couple of months, she was doing as many as she wanted. And this same client about the selfishness, she was talking about her with her family and how to celebrate their kids' graduations. And they didn't want to do anything. And she said, it is really important to me to celebrate your graduation, you know, kid A and kid B. And then the family like rallied around her and prepared something. And I just looked at her and she's like, what? I'm like, if I ever said anything like that in this previous family, I would have been told everything is not about me. Why are you so selfish, et cetera, et cetera. So it's crazy how we do that. And also super cool to see that it's not like that everywhere in the world.
0: (laughs) No. And that's, and that's the, you know, that awareness piece is just opening yourself up to the way that it always was. And the choices that you always made that you said, the grass is greener. It doesn't actually have to be that, um, on this side, like, and, and and sometimes we butt up against it. You know, I said, I'm, I'm planning a wedding. Well, I've got married before. And last time it was had nothing to do with me. Nothing. Mm, I mean, from the dress I wore to the flowers, I, nothing, my mother planned it all. Wow. Now I lied to myself and said that I was participating in the planning, but I can, I was sharing the story with my, my fiance. I said, okay, how are we decorating the tables? And I said, well, this is what I want. He goes, fantastic. And I went, wow. because it was a literally a knockdown, drag out fight for me. I'm, I'm very, you know, I use, I, I use the term pagan loosely, but I'm very naturalistic. So I like having multiple elements, the fire and the water. Like I like bringing that stuff that. into my space. That's how I am. That's the way I've always been that way. And that's what I wanted for my last wedding. No, no doubt. we had to go the traditional this that and the other and nothing was the way that i'd planned it and i you know it, you know and that morning that i was getting ready and i was barbie dolled up and i like the, i hated the dress i didn't like the hair the makeup oh, no. my, we paid to have makeup and i told the makeup artist what i wanted and as soon as we get to the room to get in the dress my mother just started slapping more gotta have brighter lips and you're raw it's the wrong color and those eyes aren't bright enough." like literally just started and i just let her I just let her paint me like a Barbie doll. It's like, whatever. And I had the thought as I'm getting ready, like I had a few minutes before the, where my ceremony was then I was overlooking the ceremony. I was in a hotel room looking down. And that day I had the thought, okay, we're just going to walk. And I literally said this, we're just going to walk into that prison and let it be. And you're just going to, you're going to choose. This is the choice you've made. You've been with him for five years. You, everybody's expecting you to do this. You're going to walk down that aisle, walk in that prison, shut the door. And that's, that's life. That's, that's it. I also simultaneously, like six months later, had the thought that I'd be divorced by 40. I was divorced at 39. So I even told, I gave myself an out at 25, but that day. And so now I'm getting ready to walk into a marriage. I'm planning the ceremony. We're having a private ceremony. Literally. We didn't invite anybody to the ceremony. Everybody's invited to the party, which is the next day, but we're, We're making it about us and I'm taking that back. And as I'm doing it, it's this juxtaposition between the two. And I'm like, I was not crazy that I hated that first wedding. And it wasn't just the person. It was because I'd given away all of my power to everybody else because I felt selfish on my wedding day. I felt selfish for wanting yellow flowers instead of red. I hear you. And that little and and as you recognize in that healing and then you're like, oh wait, hmm. Okay. That's not how like it does it doesn't have to be that way on this side of the journey. I get to actually choose. And oh. your
1: choices matter.
0: Mm. And they matter. And that's part of that, you know, you talk about that holistic piece of healing. That's 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 what it is. You know, a lot of survivors deal with chronic pain. I do too. Yes. I said my back hurt this morning. Guess what? my back doesn't hurt anymore now that we've had this conversation. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> because I actually like, I, I find so much healing. It's its why even when I'm resistant to walking into these these uh, recordings sometimes, I'm like, nope. You've committed to showing up for this other human being and let that carry you in. And then as soon as I get into them, I'm like, okay, I actually want to be here. I actually want to do this. This is why I do this. Yes. Because I get to find healing in it.
1: I've So one- I always... Go ahead. I have one thought for you on that emotional piece is sometimes people are being told that all of their pain is emotional. And I had this one client, broke my heart. She was seeing a counselor. She was paying $675 an hour. And this woman said, until you recognize and relive all of your repressed trauma, you're gonna keep having pain. And she's like, I remember every single solitary thing that happened to me. And so it's also important to recognize yes, emotional pain is also felt physically. We also need to step back and we need to treat the body and the brain and the nervous system and the environment and the social aspect. And so sometimes people can go either extreme, like everything has to do with the tissues in my body and everything has to do with my emotions. The reality is they are just really intermingled. And that's why it's so important to work with somebody who can help you dissect it and figure out where to go because yeah, all pain is real. And whether your physical experience of pain is because of emotion or the way you grew up or being sedentary, or you eat too much salt, it doesn't matter. It just matters in how we approach you and help you get to the next place. I love that.
0: And then it's, it's individualistic. It's not, there's yeah. no one. I think, I think that's the thing that I love about this experience with my guests is, you know, it, it's, it's about the individual. It isn't about, Hey, My path is gonna heal everybody. No, it's not. It's it's really more about let's figure out what works for you. And that's that's what I hear that you say that you do with your clients is what works for you. You know, I I I the the practitioner of tools, but I can help you find what works for you. And and it sounds like that's really what you focus on.
1: You can learn all of those chef skills, but then every chef is different. And we wouldn't want them to be the same. So let me or other clinicians give you this framework and then fill it in, do what you want, make it beautiful, make it yours. And there's people to help you along the way. If you need
0: it. I love that. And that's a beautiful place to wrap up that it's good reminders that it's everybody's healing journey is very unique to themselves, but there's lots of people to help you along the way. So I always ask my guests at the very end, if one of the audience members was watching this, listening to this, and they really would love to get connected with you, what is one great way for them to actually connect directly with you today, Jen?
1: I would say email is the easiest. Um, Actually, maybe I have two websites and there's contact mm-hmm. pages on both. And so Perfect. the one website, which is more PT, is one eight zero therapy and wellness.com spelled out. And then the other one is I rise for me, F O R E M E dot com. And that is more of the divorce mediation work and the mental fitness training. So those are the easiest places to learn more and then contact page. And I love to hear from any of your listeners. Fantastic. So like always to the audience listening or watching, those links are straight down below.
0: Click one of those websites, get connected with Jen. um, if you need some assistance or some support in your own healing journey, Jen, thank you for this conversation today. Like I always tell my guests, it actually heals me every single time I get to show up and, and meet new people. So thank you for joining me on the show today.
1: Thank you. And I just want the audience to realize that Nobody did any magic on your back. You did all the work (laughs) and you allowed yourself to feel safe because pain is a real or perceived threat. So it was beautiful for your viewers (laughs) to actually see you go through that experience.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. So thank you to the audience who joined us today. And as always, I'm wishing you peace, love, and flow. And may your flow be ever rising. Until next time, friends.
1: Thank you. Thank you.